The failure of drug war is glaringly obvious to judges, cops, wardens, prosecutors, and millions more now calling for decriminalization, legalization, the end of prohibition. Let us investigate the century of lies. Hello, and welcome to Century of Lies. I'm your host, Doug McVeigh. In 2019, the UN's Commission on Narcotic Drugs issued a ministerial declaration on drugs which laid down the main objectives of the international community in addressing the world drug situation over a 10-year period. CND conducts a midterm review of that declaration in 2024. In preparation for that review, the International Drug Policy Consortium has issued a report entitled Off Track, Shadow Report for the Midterm Review of the 2019 Ministerial Declaration on Drugs, which shows there has been little or no progress made in solving the challenges and achieving the goals set out by the CND in its declaration. The report's launch event was December 5th. We're going to hear from a few of the speakers. Let's start with introductory remarks by His Excellency Ambassador Raphael Nageli, Permanent Representative of Switzerland to the UN in Vienna. Let me start by thanking uh, the International Drug Policy Consortium for gathering us here today uh, to provide us with an overview of its assessment of the last five years of the implementation of our commitments that we have agreed upon uh, in the 2019 Ministerial Declaration. We welcome this important contribution uh, to, to our debates and deliberations we have these days. Uh, Switzerland is a strong supporter of civil society engagement, uh, a strong supporter of, of multi-stakeholder approaches. Uh, they allow us to, to develop substance, uh, to think ahead, uh, and, and to have uh, informed uh, uh, debates. I think that's, that's, that's a, a, a key and a crucial uh, uh, <clears throat> contribution to our debate discussions here. Um, in this report, and this is a specifically uh, important one, it is based on a survey of communities in different parts of the world. Uh, it brings us the views of those who work daily to address issues related to drug control, uh, to provide uh, health and social services to people in need, and who deliver prevention, treatment, and harm reduction services. This report is a telling collection of data and information. It reminds us of the complex ramifications of illegal drug markets. The work of the CND is important to a large area of actors involved in national drug policies. We are therefore very interested to listen today in the findings uh, of civil society on the current state of affairs at the national and the local level. We are keen on learning which progress has been made since 2019 and what are the gaps, and I read there are many of them, uh, what are the gaps uh, we need to urgently fill to achieve the goal of international drug policy, to preserve the health and the welfare of humankind. Ahead of the midterm review on the ministerial declaration, this event is an opportunity to discuss openly a large array of issues we deliberate at the CND. While we do not endorse or agree with all of the recommendations contained in the report, we do most warmly welcome them as an important contribution that helps us in shaping our thinking and Thank those independent voices involved in the process uh, for their diligence, their diligence in keeping us accountable. Ladies and gentlemen, Switzerland strongly believes in the implementation through our national four-pillar strategy of evidence-based drug policies that are based on human rights and are focused on reducing health-related and social harms. Our national strategy uh, focuses, as mentioned, on four pillars. Those are prevention, treatment, harm reduction and repression, and is based on a partnership uh, approach where health and law enforcement authorities work hand in hand 
with civil society organizations to provide services to people who use drugs, to com uh, communities affected, and to the general population. As such, our federal organization makes us deeply aware of the importance of our partners from the civil society to inform us on the needs of the entire population and to help us providing services uh, to respond to these specific needs. So civil society voices remind us of the important role of the CND, uh, that the CND plays in influencing national and local uh, drug policies and the need to reach a balanced and the right based uh, commitment and engagements in the international level. Thank you very much. That was Ambassador Rafael Nageli, permanent representative of Switzerland to the UN in Vienna, with his introductory remarks at the launch December 5th of the International Drug Policy Consortium's new report entitled Off Track, Shadow Report for the Midterm Review of the 2019 Ministerial Declaration on Drugs. Now let's hear about the report itself from the lead author, Marie Nuget, with the International Drug Policy Consortium. So first of all, why did we decide to drive this shadow report? Our main objective is to support and inform the 2024 midterm review with a comprehensive evaluation of progress that has been made against the goals and the 12 objectives um, that were included in the 2019 ministerial declaration. On the basis of this evaluation, we then provide recommendations for the midterm review, but also much more broadly than that and forward-looking, we provide uh, recommendations beyond 2024. Our second objective was to bring the data, research, analysis, and voices of civil society to the midterm review. Uh, we're a global network of more than 190 NGOs, and we really wanted to bring the breadth of expertise of our network to these discussions. So in terms of methodology, we included uh, a review of official UN and government reports and data, as well as civil society and academic research. Um, but we, in addition to that, we also conducted a civil society survey amongst our membership because we wanted to assess what they had perceived as having changed since 2019. We also collected testimonies from people directly impacted by drug policies from different countries, including Ukraine, Lebanon, India, Malta, Brazil, St. Vincent and the Grenadines, and many more. So our first conclusion is that according to the World Drug Reports for 2019 and 2023, there has been an overall increase in the illicit cultivation, production, trafficking, and use of drugs. This is despite the billions of dollars spent every year to curb the market. The number of people who use drugs aged 15 to 64 has increased from 271 million to 296 million, while synthetic drugs, precursors, NPS have proliferated, in part as an unintended consequence of the expansion of drug law enforcement efforts. Our second conclusion is that illicit drug economies continue to fuel acute violence and conflict particularly in producing and transit countries in the Global South. Our civil society survey also shows that the perceived levels of violence that are associated both with the illegal drug market and with drug law enforcement has risen across the globe, including in consuming countries. Our third conclusion is that people who use drugs continue to be disproportionately affected by health issues. And this is something that has really come across over the past couple of, year, of days here. The latest global data available on drug use related deaths unfortunately still dates from 2019. That really shows the dire need for more recent data on this. The numbers then had reached 494,000 deaths in that year alone. Since then, there has been an alarming rise in overdose deaths, in particular in North America. 
People who use drugs also continue to face heightened risks of uh, contracting HIV, hepatitis B and C, while access to quality and gender and age-sensitive harm reduction and treatment services remain severely limited, especially for people facing intersecting layers of vulnerability. At the same time, there continues to be a shocking disparity in access to controlled medicines worldwide, with 82% of the global population having less than uh, having access to less than 17% of the world's morphine-based medicines. And you can see one of the testimonies here. More positively, since 2019, at least 18 countries have adopted laws or policies that facilitate access to cannabis-based medicines. While in 2020, cannabis was removed from Schedule 4 of the 1961 Single Convention, thereby recognizing its therapeutic value. Very problematically, however, drug policies continue to be associated with widespread human rights violations, ranging from the death penalty to extrajudicial killings, arbitrary arrests and detention, cases of torture, including in the name of treatment, and a range of discriminations on the basis of race, gender, class, and age, as well as a wide number of violations of economic, social, and cultural rights. These abuses have become increasingly recognized and highlighted by UN human rights bodies, and that has culminated with the 2023 OHCHR report on that topic. Many of these violations are related to the ongoing over-reliance on punishment and prisons. The number of people who are deprived of liberty globally has grown from 10.74 million in 2018 to 11.5 million in 2023. And over one in five people in prison continue to be incarcerated for drug offenses. And that proportion is significantly higher when we talk about women deprived of liberty. In addition, hundreds of thousands more are su subjected to compulsory drug detention or internment in private rehab centers. Positively, however, new jurisdictions have adopted some form of decriminalization since 2019, bringing the total number to 66 jurisdictions in 40 countries, with many more having adopted or considering other alternatives to criminalization or punishment. Beyond decriminalization, eight countries now have legal regulation in their territories for substances included in the 1961 Single Convention. And this means that the number of people living in jurisdictions with some form of legal regulation has increased from 123 million in 2019 to 294 million in 2023, with more pilots and bills being rolled out or discussed in other parts of the world. The issue, though, is that the tensions between legal regulation and the UN drug control treaties has not been adequately discussed or addressed at the UN. Now, moving on to development issues at the CND, uh, there have been some progress in terms of broadening up the concept of alternative development, but there has been limited progress on the ground for affected communities, and women in particular contribute to be left behind and marginalized. Our analysis and civil society surveys show that the legal regulation of plants like coca, opium, or cannabis for medical, industrial, or recreational purposes is a development opportunity in traditional cultivation areas, but only if traditional farmers are meaningfully included in these policies. And my final conclusion is on civil society space. There has been quite a lot of progress in ensuring civil society engagement at the CND that should be recognized here. And this is despite all the setbacks created by COVID-19, but also ongoing pushback from a small but vocal group of member states here in Vienna. 
At national level, however, the situation is concerning, and many NGO colleagues have reported shrinking civil society space due to authoritarianism, punitive drug policies, foreign agent laws, restrictions in funding, and more. As part of our analysis, we've also identified various blind spots or basically issues that were not covered by the 2019 ministerial declaration, but that should be prioritized going forward. Examples include the need to recognize the potential of legal regulation as a tool to break the links between drug markets and organized crime, the role of surveillance technologies and their uh, impacts on human rights, the need to ensure racial justice and also to address the tensions between the drug control treaties and the rights of indigenous peoples, or the environmental impacts of drugs, but also drug policies. I will conclude with some recommendations for the midterm review, again, bearing in mind that we have many more recommendations within the shadow report itself that focus specifically on uh, UN bodies and on longer term systemic reforms. So first of all, the debate and outcome documents should reflect the normative developments that have taken place at the CND, at the UN General Assembly, and at the Human Rights Council, including new language on harm reduction, on uh, racial discriminations, the rights of indigenous peoples, and the rescheduling of cannabis, amongst others. Secondly, and based on our recommendations, it seems very clear that we need to urgently move away from drug-free goals and language and align drug policies much more closely with human rights and with the 2030 Agenda for Sustainable Development. Our findings and blind spots also show that the challenges identified in 2019 should be revised to cover new developments that have emerged since 2019. And we provide a list of these possible challenges for the period 2024 to 2029 in our shadow report for your consideration. And we link every single one of them to relevant sustainable development goals. Fourthly, we urge you to acknowledge the existence of legally regulated markets. They are reality and it's not going anywhere. But we also urge you to initiate much needed discussions on whether and how to modernize the UN drug control regime. Fifth, and on the basis of the OHCHR report, we urge you to make sure that the outcome document calls on transformative change for drug policy. And finally, we urge you to promote and protect civil society participation. This includes consulting NGOs as you are elaborating your, your positions for the midterm review, and also including civil society in your own delegations in March 2024 and beyond. That was Marie Nuget with the International Drug Policy Consortium, lead author of IDPC's new report, Off Track, Shadow Report for the Midterm Review of the 2019 Ministerial Declaration on Drugs. Paula Aguirre is director of Elementa Human Rights in Colombia. Regarding the key highlights on the shadow report, I would like to start with the importance that this year we can see among the sources, the report on drug policies and human rights of the Office of the United Nations High Commissioner for Human Rights, which also find, finds great points in common with the blind spots in the shadow report. Now, from the point of view of the Colombian situation, the shadow report itself becomes a source of dialogue to articulate internal efforts with the needed to position the international challenges on the, of the coming year as a fundamental year for a drug policy, as mentioned in the beginning of the report. This taking into account the launching a couple of months ago of the new drug policy that is projected for the next 10 years and that had a broad participation in its elaboration. 
In addition, the Colombian drug policy is based on the fundamental recognition that the strategies that have been used for decades have not worked and, on the contrary, have perpetuated a crisis that has directly affected the guarantee of human rights in the country. Very much in line with the shadow report, with the report of the High Commissioner's Office, and with the final report of the Colombian Truth Commission. It is also worth mentioning that the final report of the Truth Commission has a whole chapter of findings on drug trafficking as a protagonist of the armed conflict and as a factor of persistence. This, chapters, this, this chapter returns to the starting point of the shadow report and based on the Colombian context and the identification of the transversal role played by the misnamed war on drugs, points to a very concrete and courageous recommendation. I'm going to quote it. In the immediate, immediate term, it is urgent to adopt a human rights and public health approach in the policy against cultivation, consumption, and rationalizes the use of criminal action against the weakest links in the chain that allows, among others, the overcome structure, structural problems of poverty, exclusion, and stigmatization, and to implement a proposal towards the rigorous regulation of the market and consumption under state and international control in a process in which Colombia can and should play an inspirational and leading role. Very much in line, again, with the shadow report. As for the weakest league, links mentioned in the um, report of the Truth Commission, it is necessary to speak of Colombia's ethnic communities. Those who, due to the war model adopted by the prohibition system and resulting in extreme militarization as a tool for territorial control, have suffered the consequences in every possible way. Affections to their ancestral territories, violation of civil, political, economic, social, and cultural rights, criminalization, stigmatization, contaminations of rivers, and lack of recognition of ancestral relationship with plants, such as the coca leaf, among others, of course, are some of the impacts that indigenous communities in our country have had to, had to face. All these, while glyphosate or Roundup, rain on them from airplanes. Now, in terms of recommendations, I would like to return to the legacy of the Truth Commission, which everyone should know. It is important to understand that the demilitarization of policies must also include progress in the model of regulation and legalization of substances. Given the failure of prohibitionist policies and the very high cost that Colombia has paid for drug trafficking, where the war on drugs itself has become a factor in the persistence of the conflict. Likewise, the demilitarization of the, of the state response to crops, territories, and affected population must go hand in hand with a series of comprehensive measures based on the recognition of the damage caused the effects generated of the, over the years and a commitment to reparation measures that meet the standards of guarantee of non-repetition that have permeated the international human rights system and that, of course, in the case of ethnic communities, comply with differential, approach, differential approaches that are able to respond to the gravity of what has been experienced for decades. That was Paula Aguirre, director of Elementa Human Rights in Colombia, speaking at the launch December 5th of a new report from the International Drug Policy Consortium entitled Off Track, Shadow Report for the Midterm Review of the 2019 Ministerial Declaration on Drugs.
You're listening to Century of Lies. I'm your host, Doug McVeigh. Zavid Mahmoud is Human Rights and Drug Policy Advisor at the Office of the United Nations High Commissioner for Human Rights. Uh, first, I would like to ident- uh, speak about some issues which has been mentioned in the report, the positive element, positive aspect of the human rights with regard to drug policy. We have seen that positive uh, progress uh, progress in the General Assembly resolution last year. Also, we have seen that uh, human rights mechanism from Geneva increasingly involving uh, in the discussion of drug policy, which has been demonstrated by the Human Rights Council recent resolution, which was adopted by consensus in Gen- at the Human Rights Council <coughs> in April this year, which identify different aspects. Uh, including for the first time at the Human Rights Council, recognized the importance of the harm reduction measures for uh, people who use drugs. Also in this resolution, in the operative paragraph, particularly, several substantive issues has been identified and asked member states to advance those issues. Uh, This includes uh, alternative to incarceration, as well as alternative measures, including education, different programs, social integration of people who use drugs, uh, treatment, uh, gender-sensitive drug policy, age-sensitive drug policy, youth, as well as older people, that they need special attention with regard to drug policy, Uh, marginalized population, including indigenous people or people of African descent, uh, how to address their concern and issues related to drug policies, as well as this uh, resolution emphasize the importance of the civil society into the drug policy debate and discussion. And I'm pleased to see that uh, IDPC and other civil society organizations actively involved in CND as well as at the Human Rights Council uh, deliberation and debate. We appreciate that. That leads me to the next next issue, which I would like to highlight that uh, in our the report, which has been mentioned by different uh, colleagues here, uh, which was adopted uh, submitted to the Human Rights Council pursuant to Human Rights Council Resolution 524. Uh, in this report, we have highlighted various concerns, but before. Uh, we move to that concern. I would like to also acknowledge the report is based on uh, contribution from the member states. We called uh, upon member states and other stakeholders to provide inputs for this report. We have received large number of input from the member state, as well as from civil society and other stakeholders. We thank all of you for your contribution. In relation to this report, we also analyzed the all contribution provided by the UN human rights mechanism, different special procedure mechanism, as well as treaty bodies, their deliberation with regard to drug policy. We have identified 340 recommendations by these treaty bodies and special procedure from different member states. We take note of those contributions or recommendation of the human rights treaty bodies, as well as we take note of the com- resolution of the Commission of Narcotic Drugs, uh, report of the International Narcotic Control Boards, and the publication by UNDC, UNS, and WHO. We have also examined and noticed that that these bodies were directly involved in the drug policy related issues 
increasingly acknowledging the importance of the human rights issues. We have seen that has been reflected in the Commission of Narcotic Drugs uh, uh, resolution, as well as INCB reports. We have noticed that, and definitely with other UN agency, we are working to promoting human rights uh, and public health in, in the context of drug policy under the umbrella of even common system, even common position on drug related matters. That also we have noticed that IDPC report acknowledges this positive development. Now let me highlight the reports, our reports, uh, which we will be also presenting the after tomorrow in a side event, which is organized by a large number of member states, including Switzerland, Colombia, Canada. I'm not going to list all of you, <laughs> sorry for that. But uh, with regard to key concern, which we have identified, uh, we can see the mirror of the Human Rights Council resolution. Human Rights Council resolution asked member states to take a step for enhancing treatment and uh, harm, harm reduction. But in our research and the report, we found that there is a lack and unequal access to treatment and harm reduction globally. This is one of the key concerns. Oh, I noticed that also this is uh, IDPC also provided that in their report. Second issue we have identified over incarceration and prison overcrowding related to the drug related offenses. Uh, one fifth prison population uh, one, uh, are re drug related offenses in the world now we have. Third issue we have identified the use of the death penalty for drug related offenses. Uh, in last two years, we have seen that increase of the drug-related offenses, but also we have seen some positive development. For example, in Malaysia, uh, mandatory death penalty has been removed, which is now judges has the discretion. Man, uh, in Malaysia, they are going through a sentencing, resentencing of all, almost 900 cases, their resentencing process is going on currently. That. Also, we have seen uh, after our report uh, produced, the Pakistan has removed the death penalty for drug-related offenses, along with other 11 drug-related offenses. Uh, last, uh, last three issues which we have identified in the report, that is challenge in humanitarian and other crisis setting related to the con drug control, challenge related to the right to a healthy environment, which is recognized by the General Assembly as a right, healthy environment as a right in 2021. So that's also, we looked at it. And then war on drugs, which also mentioned by our colleague from Colombia and militarization of drug control uh, efforts. That was Zavid Mahmoud with the Office of the United Nations High Commissioner for Human Rights, speaking at the launch December 5th of a new report from the International Drug Policy Consortium entitled off track shadow report for the midterm review of the 2019 ministerial declaration on drugs and finally the monitoring the future study is a federally funded annual survey of substance use by adolescents and adults in the u.s that's conducted and led by a team of researchers at the university of michigan's institute for social research a summary of the results of the 2023 monitoring the future survey were released wednesday december 13th and they contain a lot of very good news Reported use of most substances among young people dropped dramatically after the COVID pandemic began, and percentages of teens reporting use of any substances in 2023 held steady or even declined. For example, 
In 2023, 45.7% of 12th graders reported that they had used alcohol in the previous 12 months, a significant decline from 2022 when 51.9% reported they had used alcohol in the past year. The decline is much more pronounced when you compare the class of 2023 to the class of 2008. In 2008, 65.5% of 12th graders reported that they had used alcohol in the previous 12 months, and 43.1% reported they had used in the previous month. Use of marijuana has also declined among young people. Only 29% of 12th graders in 2023 reported that they had used marijuana within the previous 12 months, down slightly from 30.7% in 2022. In 2008, 32.4% of 12th graders reported past year use and 19.4% reported past month use. What's really significant about the decline in marijuana use is that it's happening in the context of legally regulated marijuana markets in a number of U.S. states and a drop in the percent who perceive that there's a great risk from occasional or even regular use of marijuana. And for now, that's it. Thank you for joining us. This has been Century of Lies. I've been your host, Doug McVeigh. We'll be back in a week with 30 more minutes of news and information about drugs, drug policies, and the failed war on drugs. For now, this is Doug McVeigh saying so long. For the Drug Truth Network, this is Doug McVeigh asking you to examine our policy of drug prohibition, the century of lies. Drug Truth Network programs archived at the James A. Baker III Institute for Public Policy. 